we are supposed to get six to ten inches between Wednesday and Thursday. I don't need it. I would like to have it at Christmas. I can live with it. You're a snow guy, I thought. I like snow. But I have a lot of things to do to prepare for it that I haven't done. And so Ah. I'm not prepared. Well, that's your own fault. (laughs) It is undeniably my own fault. And I have no... uh, Here's what no I, question about that. Here's so. what I don't want to do. Shovel my driveway or sidewalks and have hey, my have my car running. George is five, man. Get him to work. Have my car running for a half an hour just to warm up with right? gas prices are at $75 a gallon. Put $110 in my truck yesterday. Oh, no. And oh, did, no. I lost my ring. <laughs> $110 in the truck and didn't even get up to three quarters of a tank. That's awful. Yeah. Sorry. That was like a – what's that movie where um, – she goes, I don't know if I lost my contact lens. You ever seen that movie? That's going to bother me. No, not ringing a bell It's like a me. party scene or something. She's like, stop, I lost my contact lens. And I don't know. If you know that movie, comment because it's going to bother me now. It seems like back in the 80s, a lot of people were losing It was either an 80s or 90s movie, Especially I feel like. back you know, when you had hard contacts. Now everything's yeah. pretty much soft. Oh, I don't it's going to bother me. Do they even make hard contacts anymore? I don't know. I hope not. If I had my phone, I would look it up right now. So if you know that, what I'm talking about. If you don't, then... What else is new? Um, so we should talk about something relevant since I started the actual recording. Probably. We could talk about prayer. We could. Since we're posting on social media. Have you ever noticed that there's always posts on social media about praying and praying and praying? And thoughts and prayers. Good thoughts. Sending sending prayers your way. You know, praying to you, which always gets to me. I'm like, wait, wait what? Did, um <clears throat> prayers and good vibes and ah, there's good vibes so many <laughs> we have so many misconceptions but it seems like everybody prays i mean that, that's right. just a, a universal thing in every culture there's some concept of prayer now that doesn't mean you're speaking to the living god but, right but there's this concept of we need even it's funny how often even atheists avowed atheists in times of crisis will give up their mm-hmm. so-called convictions uh, that there can't possibly be a God and and kind of reach out, you know, if there is a God, mm-hmm. God, if you're there. And I mean, that's the old movie trope, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. God, if you're listening. Right. Yeah. It's a wonderful life, right? Yeah. Hey, God, it's me, Margaret. You know, that kind of <laughs> hey, God. I don't think that was what it, so, Hey, God, it's me, Margaret. Yeah. Oh, uh, golly. There's, I read that book when I was a kid. <laughs> we have so many misconceptions i think about prayer and I, sure. I think the same thing you know happens in the church i don't think it's less prevalent in the church than it is in the world as far as misconceptions about prayer and so it seemed like when we were going through this story about um you know in numbers 13 and 14 and and you know we see the the big picture obviously that the story itself uh is pretty clear there, there's a, a clear message here as they get to the verge of the promised land uh, their faithless decision causes them to say, nope, don't want it. You know, there's giants in the land. We got to go. And uh, all the things that come from that. God uh, responds to their, what what the Lord calls contempt. They, mm-hmm. they're, that they despise him and they hold him in contempt because of their unbelief. And I think that's another, you know, thing that, you know, the picture we get of sin mm-hmm. here is, is much more developed than what most of us would have. We have a lot of misconceptions about sin. That's not what we're talking about today, but I think that, you know, that's one of those areas where it would behoove us to spend some more time developing that idea. I don't know that we'll have time uh, to to get that. It's not something that I have planned for the series right now, but um, 
we'll see how that comes out. But anyway, as far as prayer goes, it, it seemed like we'd be missing something. We'd be doing a disservice if we didn't stop and talk about the nature of Moses' prayer in chapter 14. And so uh, with the whole thing, <clears throat> seeing the faithless choices of the people and God's faithfulness to his covenant, even the, while he's judging their 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 contemptuous faithlessness, uh, there are so many things that happen within that from uh, the people wanting to stone Caleb and Joshua for giving them good news. You know, we don't want your good news. We hate you. You must die now. Um, which is exactly what we go through today. When, when we're sharing the gospel, this is one of the things that, that both the world and those who claim Christ have often missed is it's not about beating people over the head because they're not like us. That, that That's one of the, I think, it's this, the caricature that people have of the church sure. but sometimes that caricature comes because too many people have done that over the years where it's like you know well you don't look like us right and so you know we're going to brand you we're going to you know cast you out it's not really about that it's never been about that it's about uh, sharing a good news in love which requires the bad news mm -hmm. i mean the the good news of christ doesn't mean anything if you don't recognize that there's a need for it. If you don't see uh, the, that, that our sin separates us from God. If we don't get the law, we don't get the gospel. We have to have to be able to have both. So when we're looking at that, that dynamic um, of, of what God is doing through all of this, it, it all hinges on this relationship. And now when we're reading through the, the story of numbers, I don't think we can ever look at this and separate it from the covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we don't get the covenant aspect of it, this is God's people. What he's saying here is not for the nations. He has other things that he says for the nations and it's not good. It's judgment. But for God's people, it, the focus here is not on the sins of the Amorites and the Perizzites and so on. That's, that's a given. It's focused on elsewhere they're going to be destroyed. The good news for you guys is you're not going to be destroyed. I'm going to carry you in here, but we don't want to hear it. Nope, we don't like that. Stone them. That's the same thing that happens now. The darkness does not appreciate the light. And so when we bring the light in, we want to give the good news that, listen, you're separated from God. You're already doomed. You, you already stand condemned. And if you will receive Christ by faith, if you believe in the Son of Man, uh, then you have the right, he gives you the right, not that you have earned it, but he gives you the right to become children of God. And God takes you and makes you his, credits Christ's righteousness to your account, credits your sin to his account. And this amazing good news should be the most exciting thing anybody ever hears but the darkness hates the light. And so we reject it. We don't want to be exposed that way. In the same way, when we're talking about um, the, the, the other issues that come up in numbers, there's so much to it that, I mean, we could, I, I was thinking yesterday, man, I could preach a year just in this story, I think, you know, because we didn't say nearly enough about prayer yeah. on Sunday going through this. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it and, and kind of reviewing the game films yesterday. Uh, thank you for posting the thing. And I was listening to it as I was working and I'm like, oh man, I blew that one. Oh, I should have said this. Yeah, there's so much more I should have brought out of this. And 
you know, if we were to people would to, get mad if the sermon was four hours. No, no but <laughs> if, but if we were to milk this over right. over multiple weeks, this could stretch out, you know, for a long, long time. Which is why you hear about guys like John MacArthur spending what it was, ten years in Romans or something, seven years in Romans. That that's a long time in yeah. one book of the Bible. But look at how much content there is there. And, and he probably felt like, man, I. I kind of shorted this. I should have gone longer. I should have given it more time. There, and the Puritans do that same kind of a thing. I, uh, I was just hearing about, I can't remember who it was. It was a Puritan that preached for like 10 years in the book of Job. That was mm. just all they did, just, just preaching through that. Uh, <clears throat> if anybody knows who that is, you can comment. But uh, After you figure out the context. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was just kind of, uh, you know, Amazing to look at how much is here in a story that we're we're pretty much all familiar with. Even sure. if we're not, you know, familiar with the Bible all that much, uh, there have been you've enough seen movies, the Ten Commandments. right? Whether it's the Charlton Heston right. or you know even things like you know Prince of Egypt, which doesn't get to this stage of the story. There was but, TikTok and saying about that exact thing. It was, this, it was the last scene from the Prince of Egypt where he's Moses on the mountaintop with the two stone tablets, yeah. and it's like my friend is watching the Prince of Egypt for, for the first time, and it ends on that scene, and she's like. Wow, that was really great. What happens next? And the girl's like, "It's not important." <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the great benefits of of movies like this yeah. is it can cause people to ask yeah. these questions, right? To to be able to get into it. By the way, Prince of Egypt soundtrack. The, the whole, really, Fabulous. the whole movie. It's Fabulous really soundtrack. Did not need to go that hard. I don't think it gets. Uh, I don't think it gets nearly enough credit. Actually. It doesn't. And I was Fantastic very movie. skeptical. The when animation, it came out. everything, great. As a parent, I was very skeptical about it when it came out. Mm. Uh, because Hollywood doing Bible sure. movies. Yeah. Is that Bill Kilmer? Was he, was he, he Moses? I think that's possible, yeah. I remember Jeff Goldblum. That's, uh, and who was Sephora? Uh, they were always all like fa- really yeah, A-list big, celebrities. It was a it was a very expensive movie. In yeah. fact, I think at the time it was the most expensive animated Anime. picture. I, I believe it. Anyway, this is a plug for Prince of Egypt. <laughs> but but anyway, as we're as we're kind of going through this, we all know the story. We mm-hmm. get the idea. They they go. The spies go in. Ten of them give a bad report because it's scary in there. But it's, you know the land is awesome. But there's so much more to it. And and you know if we take the time to study the Bible, we'll see. Let me come back to this. I'm going to put an asterisk here and I'll come back to it. But when we take the time to study the Bible, we find that there's so much more depth and richness than what we ever imagined in the cursory readings. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, we would we would be well served to reconsider the children's books that we use, the mm-hmm. children's Bible storybooks, because so many of them, there are some really good ones, but but so many of them miss the point of the story and you know we were talking about this recently as we were studying Jonah with the overseers doing the word partners core training together and as we're working through the book of Jonah you realize the the fish the whale which i mean that's all anybody ever talks about right so you you think about the story of Jonah first thing that comes to mind is the whale yes it's important no question but really the the story hinges on Jonah's attitude mm. and you know the worm the plant the whale, they all play the same basic role in carrying out what God's doing here. But we never talk about the fact right. that Jonah knew that God was going to forgive uh, the people. And he, he, you know, he knew if God's sending them there, they're going to repent. God's going to have compassion on them. And I don't want that to happen. And this is really the, the climax of the story. This is where the, the crux of it happens. But we don't talk about these things. And there's so many things like that. And so here, as we're 
as we're looking at this again, I just feel like if we don't see the nature of Moses' prayer, we're going to miss out on some really important things. Now, the asterisk is sometimes people will get really hung up on details. So, you know, let's dig and we'll find, you know, classic example for me is the the Bible code stuff, the numerology from the, you know, it's really popular in the 90s when people have this, uh, you know, we discovered this biblical code. And if you can decode how the, very much like what you see in the Da Vinci Code, but before that, you know, if, if you find, if you take every other letter of every right. other word and so on and so forth, it'll give you the name of the Antichrist and all these different kinds of things. But there are so many uh, things like that, that, that we get hung up on details mm -hmm. that we think are cool. And in the process, we miss the point of what God's saying. And uh, our friend Alistair, our friend that we've never met, uh, although I did walk past him at his church, uh, Alistair Begg is very fond of saying the main things are the plain things and the plain things are the main things. And that's 100% right. Mm -hmm. if, if we don't get that part, if we don't get the main thing, then what good does it do you don't need to, to go understand national these treasure stories? on the bible that's right because it's not that right. the bible is not written to be a code book when you hear those things run flee because that is exactly the opposite of everything that god has told us in scripture he gives us the word to reveal himself not to obscure himself he's not hiding things there is mystery for sure but the mystery is christ and he is revealed clearly in the new testament and explained in the epistles and we see that he is returning so as we as we see the mystery unfold in the old testament setting the stage everything is setting the stage for christ right and so uh, uh amanda was just uh, texting me amanda if you're watching this is my shout out to you i'm not throwing you under the bus i'm, I'm giving you credit <laughs> uh, she's doing a devotion for our, our advent booklet mm. And she has a passage from the Minor Prophets. And, and so I, I'm looking at this and I'm just not seeing the connection. Because mm. instead of just taking the verse and writing about the verse, she did what every good Bible student ought to do. She read the book. She read the context right. of it. And so, you know, reading through Zephaniah and, you know, that I don't quite see how this is connecting. And so we talked about it a little bit. And that's where we need to be is to be sure, able to, sure. to look at how does this fit in to the big picture of of what god is doing from beginning to end and so i was so excited it just it made my day to to have that conversation with her um because this this is the point so when we're looking at this story about moses and the spies and it's really not about the the spies mm. it's about the heart of the people of israel of god's people and the difference between the spies who are chosen from the leaders and represent the people. So they, there's a federal relationship here that these spies are a picture of the hearts of, of, of the masses, right. which is then why when Caleb and Joshua representing their tribes, uh, when, when they come with this good report and they say, hey, listen, this is good stuff. God's on our side. These people can't touch us. We're going to win. This is awesome. Uh, you know, just please don't rebel against God. That doesn't end well for anyone rather than taking that for what it is as really really good advice uh they want to stone him and now you know when we see the the difference between the the faithful remnant that that and, and the the stubborn stiff-necked masses this is what has happened throughout history right. and, and you can follow that pattern throughout the the scriptures god created everyone to be with him but only a remnant will follow him. Right. We all fall. We all sin. Only a remnant will follow. 
calls Abram out from all the people in the world, calls Abram out to, to make this nation a small nation out of that, that grows and becomes massive. But it, it, there's a, a small one. And within that nation, when we, they get stiff necked and rebellious and hard hearted, he keeps a remnant. And even when it when the kingdom divides uh, the the two tribes, interesting, how many spies had a good report? Oh, yeah. Interesting. So two tribes then. Uh, split off and become the kingdom of Judah, while the ten, in rebellion against God, have their own king that doesn't follow David's line the same way, doesn't follow through Solomon. So we, we see this this constant thing when when uh, Elijah, the prophet, feels like, I'm all alone, I'm the only one, and he's super depressed, and he's on the brink of suicide, although people would debate that. But that's whether you're actually thinking suicide or not, that's what depression ends up in, where you have this overwhelming thought of, I'd be better off, you know, Nothing. Better Off Dead's another movie from the yeah. old days, but but um, the Lord reveals to him that I've always had a remnant. I, I I will never not have a remnant. You're not alone. You're not going to be alone. I have my people set aside, whether you know about them or not, and that's still true today. And even when we watch, you know, the you know the world at large, or if we look at the church. In all of the the foibles and foolishness of the uh, of the very very worldly contemporary church, and and you know what we often refer to as evangelicalism isn't really evangelical at all anymore. In, in a lot of it, it's a group of people that took on a label that right. doesn't mean the same as it did when when Wesley was evangelical right. with an Anglicanism, or even when Luther, uh, who you know would not be identified as evangelical by a lot of folks today, according right. to our labels, when Luther spoke of his, the evangelical gospel, that there is a there is a sola scriptura um, approach to this. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic. Mm -hmm. But when we see how Moses prays, it's rooted in relationship. And I think like 20 minutes ago, I said something to the, wow, we've actually been going for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I said something to the effect that we can't really look at this apart from the covenant because sure. all of this hinges on God's covenant with the people. Right. And and that, you know, we went back to Exodus 34 um, to, to look at Moses uh, encountering God then mm -hmm. and the covenant that God makes with them uh, as God reveals himself. And this is right after the golden calf incident. And, uh, and, and the Lord tells him to, you know, we're going to take two new tablets because, you know, you lost your temper and, and blew this up. So uh, the Lord uh, passes before him and identifies himself as the Lord. The Lord, uh, slow to anger and abounding in love, and, and uh, you know, gives him the same uh, revelation of himself that Moses here in Numbers 14 quotes back to God. Right. So his appeal hinges on the relationship that he has with the Lord. It's, it hinges on the, the idea that God's glory matters most, more than anything else. This is what matters, right. and it appeals to to the nature, character, and, and attributes of God. And far too often, our prayers are exact opposite. We think that the we don't actually. It's not so much that we think one way or another. We just don't think about relationship. Yeah. And so we say silly things like, you know, God hears every prayer. Well, maybe we should find out from God if He hears every prayer. Now, does He hear it? Sure, God all-knowing he doesn't even you know he doesn't need for us to to pray for him to know things so he's 
It's not like he's not aware, but he doesn't attentively listen. He doesn't heed these prayers because we say a certain thing a certain way. God's primary concern is not with our creature comforts. So, you know, when we pray, it's not that he's not concerned. It's not his primary concern. It's not that God doesn't want us happy, but his primary concern for us is not our happiness. And, you know, we... um, Jesus gives the picture in Matthew and I think one of the other gospels that, that God is, is a good father. That, mm-hmm. You know, this idea that if you, if your son asks you for, for bread, you're not going to give him a stone, right. you know, like, ha ha, you know, bite that, you know, <laughs> you know, if he asks you for fish, you're not going to give him a snake that right. bites you instead. Uh, and if we as parents who are sinful and evil, if we are able to give our children good gifts, how much more is our heavenly father? Right. Who, he can't give bad gifts. That's the nature of who he is. And we see that in, in uh, James chapter 1, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. And God, unlike the shifting shadows as the sun moves, God doesn't change. He is who he is, and he's always good. He's always perfect. And that's why so often in church when we're talking about prayer, we didn't this time, but so often we're talking about prayer, uh, you know, we'll we'll do uh, that Chris Tomlin song, or uh, well, Chris Tomlin did. I don't remember who else who actually wrote it, but uh, that good good father, mm-hmm. um, and that that's such a a tremendous picture yeah. of who God is, right? So, and it speaks to the relationship even more so. I think that, that, absolutely you know. right because I don't I don't answer the request of every kid in the world right. who just comes up and wants something. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Out of my, you know, personal benevolence, I might sure. say, "Okay, hey, here, I feel bad for you. Have a, you know, have a snack." Or have whatever. a Snickers. But <laughs> you're not you in your own. <laughs> um, but I don't feel any particular obligation right. to, to do that. There's not a connection here. In the same way, if I'm not in a relationship with God, then my prayers for Him, my prayers to Him, aren't based on anything. Right. It, it, I'm missing that. At the same time, I don't want my kids coming to me with some formula. You know, sure. If they're coming to talk to me, it, it's not a matter of, you know, you know, if you come and ask just the right way, oh, you missed the magic word. Sorry, I'm not going to give it to right. you. No, you come, you bring a, you know, a good request that's good for you, that makes you happy, but is also good for your character. The, you know, I'm more than willing. I'm excited to bless my children mm-hmm. when I have that opportunity. But not everything my kid asks for might be a good thing. Sure. Same thing with our prayers. Right. And I think, you know, we often get caught up in the, I don't want to say the legalities of prayer, but I guess a formula, you know, I, you yeah. mentioned it on Sunday, you know, you have to pray and you have to say in Jesus name, or you have yeah. to use this structure. Or you have to be on your knees. Right. Or you have, or you have to, to use you know. this structure. You have to set it, or you have to, you know, I don't know, pick, pick, pick your choice, you know, <laughs> but I used to think even, um, and I still find my catch, catch myself doing this, um, I have found in recent years that I pray more often just kind of like walking through my house or doing laundry and just talking to God um, as opposed to, you know, getting on my knees and praying, which I still, you know, try to do at least (laughs) every day. But I try to, I feel like I've had more in recent years, a more consistent, constant conversation with God. And and I'm not saying there's not a time where you sit down and you pray, but having that conversation, I feel like it has, has strengthened that relationship for me. And like any relational conversation, it, it's going to be different at different times. Right. There are times when I'm just crying out in desperation. Right. There are going to be times when, you know, it's more casual and, right. and sometimes it's more desperate or more right. triumphant or, you know, I'm, 
I'm in awe of mm -hmm. who God is. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I always want to approach God humbly, but, right. but there's a particular um, acute humility, right. if I could say that. Well, I, saw, I was talking to you before we got on the air. Um, I said I shut my, Real life I shut my son's bedroom door last night, and I just whispered, thank you, God, for, for something that yeah. my son said. And that was it. I mean, that wasn't a – I don't – I wouldn't call that a prayer. It was, you know, just it is. me talking to God. <laughs> right. So definitely prayer. You know, yeah. that that and that's the nature of it. So letting go of the, you know, structure and <clears throat> format of it, I think is, you know, it's easy to get caught up in that. Well, and even when you look at how how Moses approaches him here in uh, what is it? 13, I've got the wrong glasses on. Um, you need me to read it? Yeah. Well, right look here. at how he starts in, in I think it's 13. 13. Uh, what are we going to? Um, I feel like it. Yeah, just the <laughs> well, just the fir that first verse. Moses sure. said to the Lord, "Then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them, and they yeah, will and yeah, they will sure. tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, O Lord, are with these people, and that you, O Lord, have been seen face to face. That your cloud stays over them, and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night." If you put these people to death all at one time, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them on oath, so he slaughtered them in the desert. Yeah, so the, the picture that, that we get here, like Moses, as he starts it out, his, his he doesn't start with, oh, mighty heavenly father, you know, right. have some formula. It, it's conversational in nature sure. because it's relational in sure. nature. So he's in this conversation. The Lord is speaking to him, mm -hmm. and he responds to the Lord by saying, "Lord, but if you do this, yeah. then then this is going to hurt your reputation." Now, obviously, the Lord knows what He's doing already. Right. But as Moses is is responding to him, uh, there's not a formula. Right. His prayers look different at different times as well. And and you know, if I'm going to talk to my to my dad, you know, I, I don't approach him by saying, oh, great and mighty father. Some you know, fathers might want that. You know, and, you know, there are times when I'm going to be more focused on on the fact that my dad is not me. He's right. my dad. Right. I'm, I am in rank beneath him, mm -hmm. right? He, he is uh, superior in, in that way. Uh, and, and so in the same way, it's appropriate, it's fitting for us to, to do that with the Lord, to recognize and, and when we see how Jesus gives us the example prayer in Matthew 6, uh, what, what we so often refer to as the Lord's Prayer, we kind of treat that as a script. Sure. But that's clearly, from, from the text as you read it, that's clearly not the intent. He's saying this is the way that you right. go about this. this. This is the idea, the principle. Not this that, is know. the prayer you say right. every time. And he starts with our Father in heaven because he's appealing to the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the focus from our Father in heaven is... I, I want to see you honored. My focus is on your glory. So hallowed be your name. Uh, may your name be lifted up and exalted so that the world knows how great you are. And, and it continues into the, you know, a pursuit of God's purpose that, that uh, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, even the same as it is in heaven, the same level of obedience among all of us, that your rule, your reign would be as complete here and one day it will be as, as it is in heaven with the angels. So this picture that we have is, is you know, not it's not formulaic. And so when we treat the Lord's Prayer or, or anything else as a formula, like, like as if it's like, a, you know, magic words or, or some sort of incantation, then we're missing out on the nature of prayer, which right. is relational. 
and whatever forms we use, you know, if you get on your knees, my mom has a habit of praying on her knees uh, at her bed before she goes to bed. And all of the grandkids who spent the night there would do the same thing with her. It's not because God hears her better right. when she's on her knees, but it's, it, it's a physical posture that, that helps remind us mm -hmm. of who we are, reminds us of our status. So, you know, when, when we pray, there are various tools that help us. Sure. God hears his children. And, and that was kind of the whole point, the core reality of, of the text that we were looking at is that God delights to answer prayer that aligns his people with his priorities. So the, the concept is if we're his people, if we're, if we're his children by faith in Christ, because nobody is born God's child, sure. that's, we're, we're born dead, God's enemies, but by faith in Christ, we are enabled and allowed to then join him to be united to christ god adopts us as his children and puts us in the full standing of christ despite the fact that we by nature are children of wrath so if we're his children then god our good father is excited He's, he delights to bless us to pour out his, he's not stingy with his blessings but just like i'm not primarily concerned with my children's happiness a good parent i'm going to probably offend somebody with this, a good parent is not primarily concerned with their children's happiness, but with their holiness, their rightness. That's our job. And God is in the same way with us. He wants to help his people align with his priorities, and it delights him to do that, to answer those prayers. Okay. Well, we're going to stop there. Man, you, you fit that all in there. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to contact us at 269-756-RLCC if you want to leave a voicemail, or you can use the Anchor app to do that. You can leave a message on Facebook or YouTube or email us at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. And, wow, I got that in quite quick, too. See, I told you. <laughs> Thank you guys Micro for listening, machines. and we will catch you next time.